Welcome to the audio version of Faith Magazine. This is Katie Greenwood, the creative editor. I hope you enjoy listening to these inspiring stories from around our diocese. If you'd like to read the stories online, please visit salinadiocese.org. Chapter 5, A Heart of Simplicity We slide into the pew with one minute to spare, and I have a feeling that Mass is going to be a struggle. By the time we finish reading the Gospel reading, I am frazzled and overwhelmed. Then during the creed, as I am stifling the urge to shout, we are not taking any more trips to the potty, my busy three-year-old licks the pew while my seven-year-old tells me he's thirsty again and asks what consubstantial means. Going to Mass is not always easy. I feel discouraged and even ashamed for not paying better attention at Mass. How am I supposed to worship God while juggling the many demands on my attention? The answer? By cultivating a heart of simplicity. I used to think the phrase, active participation at Mass, meant absorbing the deep meaning of every single word I hear. But in this season of life, having focus is a luxury. Now I understand that God does not hold back. His invitation, or His presence, just because my life has gotten messy. He loves me and accepts me as I am, mess and all, even amidst the chaos of a hectic mass experience. If we remember this, you and I can take simple steps to prepare our hearts for God's supreme gift of love in the Eucharist. Discover a short phrase. I often feel overwhelmed by the number of words I hear at each mass. My attention falters, and I struggle to follow many of the spoken parts. Even if you navigate this challenge too, we are still called to listen and be engaged at Mass. How? Simplify. Listen for a short phrase that catches your attention. Reflect on it. Repeat it. Bring it to Jesus and ask Him to show you why it's important. Hold this phrase in your heart throughout Mass and let it become an anchor for your attention while you attend your family responsibilities. Your open heart is a landscape for Christ's grace. Gaze with love. Love does not always need words. Sometimes a simple glance can communicate an ocean of love. If words wash over you, engage your heart and direct your love to the Lord by focusing your eyes on a crucifix or on one of the stations of the cross. Reflect on the details you see. Christ's face, his crown of thorns, his bleeding heart. Every detail you intentionally take in draws your heart closer to Jesus, and prepares you to receive our Lord's immense gift, the love in the Eucharist. Bring your heart. If all else fails, simply bring yourself to Jesus. The Lord knows your intentions and your true desires. If we feel unfocused and frazzled by the things beyond our control, we can still come before the Lord with hearts willing to worship and receive Him. With a heart of love, repeat to yourself, Here I am, Lord. I choose you. Transform my heart. Our Lord rejoices every time we show up to Mass, regardless of our circumstances. Jesus was human. He got tired. He got interrupted. Our Lord understands the mess of life. And even in the midst of it all, He wants to give Himself to you in the Eucharist. So next time you go to Mass, give Jesus your willing heart your yes to come before him as you are. Christ's love is bigger than whatever family chaos is happening in your pew. Chapter 6, 
the angelic doctor of the church, gave us hymns for praising God with the angels. St. Thomas Aquinas, a doctor of the church, is well known as the leading theologian of Catholic teaching regarding reason and divine revelation. But did you know that he contributed some of the most beautiful and timeless hymns on the Eucharist? Called the dumb ox because he was quiet, Thomas revealed his brilliance and deep belief in Christ's presence in the Eucharist and the hymns he wrote. The hopefulness he expressed in his words about God's love for humanity must have sustained him through both personal and professional struggles. His family tried to prevent him from becoming a Dominican. He was criticized and condemned by traditional theologians of his time for his teaching on the connection between faith and reason and of God's presence in all of nature. He died in 1277 before the wisdom of his teaching was recognized, but was canonized less than 50 years later. Named a doctor of the church by 1567, his Summa Contra Gentilis and his Summa Theologiae are considered masterpieces of theology and philosophy. The hymns Thomas wrote expressed a deep trust in God's presence, especially the Eucharist. He convinced Pope Urban IV to institute the Solemnity of the Body and Blood of Christ in 1264 and wrote five hymns for its celebration. Some of these hymns, expressing adoration of God and belief that the bread and wine consecrated at Mass truly become body and blood of Jesus, are well known and still sung today. Number one, Panis Angelicus, Bread of the Angels. Number two, Adore Te Devote, Humbly I Adore Thee. Number three, O Salutaris Hostia, O Saving Victim, Gregorian Chant. Number four, Pange Lingua Corperis, Now My Tongue, The Mystery Telling. Number five, Tantu Ergo Sacramentum, Come Adore. Chapter 7, Dear Readers of Faith There have been a few times in my life when I've been beside myself with joy to go to Mass. But most of the time, going to Mass hasn't been something I've looked forward to with fevered anticipation. It's not that I dreaded it, it just wasn't something that caused joy to well up inside of me. But that all changed as I began to work on this issue of the magazine. Months ago, we had been brainstorming ideas. Bishop Vinky thought that a magazine on the Mass would be a good idea. I liked the idea, but it was a little daunting because I didn't know how I would bring the hope and vision of this kind of magazine to life. I went to the cathedral and spent time in prayer. I was a little overwhelmed. I wanted this magazine to be a tool for evangelization, but I just didn't know how to go about it. So as I prayed, I asked Jesus to give me the words. I said that I would write, I just needed the words. And it was in prayer that I had the idea to write an article about what Mass would be like if the veil were removed and we could see heaven. I wrote that article during times of prayer. And then when we worked on the four parts of the Mass and the questions and answers, I prayed as I wrote, asking for guidance. What's funny is that through all of this, I learned more about the Mass than I had ever known prior. And now, going to Mass is an entirely new experience. It's not that I'm filled with unreserved joy each and every day, just waiting to participate in the Mass. I'm far away from that. It's more that I try to enter more deeply into the prayer of the Mass, understanding the different parts of the Mass and the deep, rich symbolism and tradition that make up our liturgy has enabled me to better appreciate the Mass. And imagining the beauty of heaven at Mass has opened my eyes to the enormity of what is actually occurring. St. John Vianney once said, If we fully understood the Mass, we would die of joy. Being broken and human will never fully understand the Mass, and that's completely fine. 
But I think that there are moments when God gives us little glimpses into the mystery. It's like a sneak peek of heaven. And those brief glimpses inspire a hope that is unparalleled. This issue has been a lesson in growth for me, and I greatly enjoyed the challenge it presented. But mostly, I pray that the words you read inspire you to fall in love with the Mass and to approach each and every Sunday with a deep and abiding reverence. May God bless you in all things. Thanks for listening to From the Heart. Please subscribe and remember to tune in next time where you'll hear more stories across the Diocese of Salina.